Thank you, God, for this opportunity to celebrate you and to hear from you about what you are doing in the world and, and how you can use us in this, in this mission of yours. Father, I just ask that you would speak to each one of us. You would show us what is, what is our part in seeing your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, earlier this month, I sold my house, sold it to the Hoffman family. I'm really excited that, that they're in there and they can uh, do all the stuff, the pool cleaning that I hated to do. Um, but, you know, you, you get into a new house, and there's all kinds of things that are just, like, new and, and whatever. And so Will texted me and said, hey, Brian, can you give me the, the code to the garage so I can put my car in? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Here's the code, you know. And he's like, hey, isn't there a way to, like, automatically remote, you know, unlock the door? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. So here's the code. And, you know, he's, he's enjoying the parts of the house and whatever. Now, imagine if he had asked me for the garage code, and I said, no. Now I give it to you. Or, like, you know, the, the key to the front door. It's like, if I say, yeah, I got it right here. Like, no, you're like, no. Be like, wait. No, that, that's not okay. This is my house. I purchased this house. It belongs to me. I, I can go wherever I want. I don't need anybody's permission to go through the front door or park my car in the garage or use the bathroom. I can do that whenever I want. I purchased it. It belongs to me. He deserves to be able to do whatever he wants in that house. It's his house. Revelation 5, starting in verse 9, is talking about it in Jesus. It's a scene in heaven. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased, you bought men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. In verse 12, in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Jesus deserves the peoples of the world. He deserves the worship and honor and praise and glory from people from every nation, tribe, and tongue and language because he bought us. He is worthy of this worship, but right now it's, a, it's about like at this level. There's a worship gap, if you will, of what he deserves and what he's getting. And the way we fix that gap is found in Matthew 28, what we looked at earlier. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, all the ethnic groups, all the languages, all the people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's how we close that gap. That's how Jesus gets the key to every room of the house. That's how he gets what he deserves. And we are, we are a part of that. We are a part of that mission to get Jesus the glory that he deserves. Uh, you put up that first picture. 
Just a, a few months ago, Abel baptized her friend Maria. And I, I love this picture because the joy on her face is just, just tells it all. And, and I, I was sitting there outside the pool, and, there, and Abel's husband, David, was there. And he said, Brian, when Maria came out of the water and I, and I saw the ripples, he's like, God spoke to me. And he said, you know, she's going to make ripples. Like, it's, it's not going to just stop with her. It, there's going to be a ripple effect. And what he said, that just, that just really resonated with, with my heart. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about not just us, but it's about us having a, a, a ripple effect. As we're making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do everything that Jesus commanded us, that's how that ripple effect is going to happen. And Jesus speaks about that ripple effect in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. There's a geographical ripple effect. Acts 1.8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so you can, you can see that geographically, that the geographical ripple effect as we are being witnesses for Jesus. So there's that geographical ripple effect, but there's also a relational ripple effect. Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That's the relational ripple effect. Begins with us, then those closest to us, and then, and then it goes on and on like that. I had a, a couple of guys just a, a few months ago, <clears throat> two independent situations, said almost the same thing. Brian, I'm really concerned about my friend. You know, they're, they're walking away from God, and they're doing this and that, and I really want them to be saved. That's, that's my, that is my prayer, is that, that they are saved. I said, that is awesome. That is, that is awesome. That is amazing. Have you yourself repented and be baptized in the name of Jesus? Well, no, I haven't. I said, well, this is how, the rip, this is how it starts. You have to make a splash before there's going to be a ripple effect. It starts with us and then goes out. One of my heroes in the book of Acts is this guy named Philip. I love Philip because he's, he's just like, hey, God, what, whatever you say, I'm going to do. So we're going to look at his, his story. It starts in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Acts 6, 1, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So we we're at we we're our first kind of like ethnic tension, right? The Hebraic Jews and, the, and the, the Greek Jews were having a little tension because the, the Greek Jews, the widows, weren't getting food. So they solved the problem, said, you know, we got we to take care of this. As the body of Christ, we're going to love each other. That's the solution. And so they, they chose seven guys to, to head up this widow-feeding ministry. And one of them was Philip. He said, yeah, I'll feed widows, absolutely. That needs to be done. That is, that is a worthwhile ministry. I'm going to sign up for that. Let's do that. So Philip was faithful right where he was. I can feed widows. One of my friends, Chantel, 
for a couple of years, she would walk her kids to the corner of the street there, and then the crossing guard would take them across the street. And so, so over a couple of years, she developed a relationship with the crossing guard. She'd always say hi and you know, chat and everything. So <clears throat> after a while, Chantel really wanted to start making disciples, and so she was praying, God, where should I start with disciple-making? And the Lord spoke to her, your crossing guard that you've been developing this friendship with. So she was about to ask her crossing guard to do a Bible study with her. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, pandemic hit, and now there's no school, and there's no crossing guard. She's like, what am I going to do? And like, Lord, I thought you said did this or that. Well, one day she went to, and she had no way of contacting her because she never had, you know, phone numbers or exchange or anything like that. It was just, I just see you on the corner of the street. Well, so one day she goes in the convenience store, and lo and behold, there's the crossing guard. And she's so excited. She's like, hey, I've been looking for you, blah, 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 blah. Hey, would you be interested in doing a Bible study? She's like, yes, I would love to do that. And can my co-worker come too? Absolutely. So the three of them started to do a little discovery Bible study together. And just talked to her last week. She said that was just it's amazing. The Holy Spirit just came in that little, little group of three. She was faithful right there. Right to the, the corner of the street, she was faithful with who God put right there. She made a splash right where she was. And already there's like, whoop, little ripple effect. Coworker. Let's keep following Philip. Acts chapter 8. So just before this, persecution hits. First, you know, seven chapters, things are, things are kind of okay. You know, not, not too big a deal. But then in Acts chapter 7, persecution hits. There's the first martyr, Stephen. He's killed for his faith. And then it's just like craziness. To Acts 8, verse 1, And Saul was there giving approval to his death, Stephen, Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. So here we have the group of believers there in Jerusalem, and then persecution hits, and they're scattered. And it's like, well, what do we do now? Our world has been turned upside down. We have to leave our, our, our homes, our comfort, our, our, our familiar friends. Everything is just turned upside down now. They're running for their lives. And it would have been very easy for them to say, you know what, it's time to just hunker down and just, you know, we can't talk about Jesus because that's what got Stephen killed. So let's just, you know, that's not what they did. That was actually God's mechanism for getting the gospel out. Remember the geographical ripple effect? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. The ripple has now just hit Samaria, and God used the persecution. My question for you is this. Can God use a pandemic in the same way? Can God use riots in the same way? Absolutely. You think God is limited by that? Absolutely not. What if God said, you know what, I'm just going to cause this, and let's just see what happens. 
It's gonna th- let's go throw Satan off. That, that's what we need to see is, is, the, is the opportunity here. Challenge, yes, but opportunity nonetheless. So Philip starts with feeding widows. His world is turned upside down. Now he's sharing the gospel. Verse 12, But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Um, a little video here. So, guy on the left is my friend Nikki. Nikki was baptized April of 2018. The following month, he just baptized his nephew. That was his nephew getting baptized. He and his wife baptized his nephew. To the next one. So now Nikki's nephew baptized Nikki's niece. See the progression? Okay, let's have the next um, picture. So two months later, two months after that, Nikki's niece baptized Nikki's brother in a trough that Nikki's brother bought with his own money so that he could be baptized. I don't know if you can see that red contraption kind of in the, in the background there. That's actually an engine hoist. They used the engine hoist to lower him into the, the water there because he had some physical challenges and couldn't get himself physically in there. But he was so desperate, I want to follow Jesus and be baptized, whatever it takes to get me in the water. To the next picture. So this was now a year later. That's Nikki's niece baptizing her daughter. This was the last month now. And then a couple weeks after that, we got this prayer request. Hey, pray for Nikki's niece's daughter because the daughter is now sharing the gospel with her two friends. One is an atheist and one is thinks she's bisexual. Can we pray for them? Yeah, absolutely. Relational ripple effect. There's one part of the story that's extremely important not to miss is... Nikki's wife, Lucy, prayed consistently and prayed hard for Nikki's extended family. She was, she was relentless praying for this family. And we see what happens. God answers prayer, big time. This is no joke. This is no joke. I was talking to some some uh, prayer leaders, they kind of keep track of, of prayer, move, prayer movements around the world and, you know, what's happening in different people groups. And one guy was telling me that whenever, and, and by the way, th- this comes out once a month, and it's usually about someplace far from here, someplace in South Asia, India, China, Africa, whatever. This is the first time in history that a whole month has been dedicated to Dallas-Fort Worth. I just want you to realize that this doesn't happen all the time. It's never happened before. That Dallas Fort Worth was chosen to have a whole month specifically devoted to prayer for the unreached people groups right here. 
And what this prayer leader was telling me that for a window, so that, that when their area was focused on, there's a window of six months where it's like an open heaven where it's, there's like prayers answered. Like the gospel shared and pe- people repent, people get saved. Like there's, there's a, a six-month window of that when, when their area is focused on. And one woman was telling me, yeah, Brian, after about week one or two is when you, when you start to see it. After about week one of that focused prayer on that particular area, you start to see the breakthrough. So I'm begging you to pray. I, I really am. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to, to, to beg you to pray for the people groups listed in here. And if I can be even so specific, day 22 and tw- day 23, I'm just saying. Please pray. Please pray. Well, let's continue to follow uh, Philip in his journey. Verse 26 of chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip is kind of minding his own business and God, through an angel first and then by his spirit, directs him to a specific person. So he runs up to the chariot and the guy just happens to be reading the Old Testament. He just happens to be reading about the Messiah in the book of Isaiah. Just happens to be. Who would have thought? And so Philip says, hey, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading Isaiah. Do you know what it's about? No. Can you tell me? Oh, sure. Actually, since I'm here anyway. So he tells him the good news about Jesus. So they're in the chariot talking. Philip just lays it out for him. And in verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. What do you know? And the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Can you imagine? That, that just, that, that blows my mind. Does that blow your mind? Like, I mean, I, this, is why, this is why Philip is, is one of my heroes, honestly. Because, you know, he starts with just doing the, right, the thing that's right in front of him. You know, I'm going to feed widows. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make them the best meal possible. That's what I'm going to do. And then God says, great, now I'm going to cause some persecution, and then now you're going to go and, and preach the gospel of Samaria. Okay, God, okay. And then it's like, okay, now I want you to go to that chariot right specifically there, because I've, I've already prepared this guy. Like, okay, I'll go there. At every step of the way, Philip is like, okay, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then it's like God says, well, now, so Philip, I'm going to need you over here in Caesarea. But it's, it's a long journey. 
It's going to take him too long to walk there. So God says, you know what? Philip's not going to care if I just pick him up and deposit him there. Philip was so yielded to the Holy Spirit that God could just supernaturally transport him. That, that, that's the thing. That's where I want my heart to be. So soft to the Lord that if God, at any moment, he can just say, hey, hey Brian, I just need you over here, okay? And I know you're okay with that. That's where we'll see the, the, the power of God at work. Yieldedness. Yieldedness to him. And what do you think that Ethiopian did once he got back to Ethiopia? I'm pretty sure he shared the gospel and made disciples, and that's how the church in Ethiopia was started. So Philip had a... Do you see how Philip's geographical ripples went to the ends of the earth? It just started by, being, by him being faithful right where he was. And his ministry went all the way to Ethiopia with the ripple effect. My friend Daniela, she went down to Houston, I think it was last month, to stay with, with her parents. And I was like, really? You want to go back there? Like, yeah, yeah, I really feel like God's calling me back. Okay. So when, when Daniela was with her parents, it just so happened that her mom had met a woman from Nicaragua at a food pantry. And so her mom was, you know, passing out food, this food pantry. And so this woman from Nicaragua started talking to Daniela's mom and sharing some prayer requests and, you know, talking about how she really wanted to follow Jesus. And so Daniela and her mom went to this Nicaraguan woman's apartment, prayed for her, shared with her. And Daniela's mom was a little bit hesitant about bringing up the idea of repent and be baptized. And so Daniela kind of, they kind of tag-teamed it. And so they ended up saying to this woman, Nicaraguan woman, are, are you ready to follow Jesus? She's like, yes, I, I, I'm ready to be baptized right now. So she ran to the bathroom and started turning on the water in the bathtub. Now, her eight-year-old daughter was in another room and heard the water running. She's like, Mom, what's, what's going on? She's like, oh, honey, I'm, I'm about to be baptized. These, these women that came here, I'm going to be baptized now. Well, <clears throat> the daughter had been talking to her mom for a while about following Jesus. And so when she heard that her mom was going to be baptized, she's like, Mom, right, I want to, me too, right now. So she changed into her bathing suit and joined her mom in the bathtub, and they both got baptized. It was so beautiful. This mother-daughter baptizing a mother-daughter. And so because of Daniela's obedience to go to Houston, now she just reached someone from Nicaragua. How does that work? Being faithful. Making a splash right where you are. Or Vicky, one of our ESL teachers, faithfully teaching English. Meets someone from Iran who's heard about Jesus. Gives her a Bible in her language. She starts to read about Jesus. She says, I want to follow Jesus. Vicky baptizes her. Now he's doing a Bible study with her. 
So now she has a geographical ripple effect, reaching someone from around, right here, being faithful, making a splash right where you can splash. We may, we may not be able to splash over there, but we can certainly make a big splash here and see ripple effects. I could tell you story after story. These, these, these folks I've mentioned, they're, they're also my heroes. They really are. Making a splash where they are. My family, some of you have been asking, like, hey, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. If, if you hear something from God, let me know, because I don't know. You know, we thought we were going to go to, a number of years ago, we thought, well, maybe God is calling us to Kenya. Then, then we thought, well, maybe God is calling us to Cameroon. And we went to both of those places, and then the doors closed, doors closed. And it was really discouraging. And then a couple of years ago, God opened up this in Southeast Asia. And so we went there, and we, and we thought, yeah, this is it. This is great. And we had, we, had a, we had our perfect plans, you know. And then all of a sudden, this little virus thing showed up. And, um, you know, borders started closing and things like that. So now we're, we're in a, an Airbnb in Grand Prairie, just kind of like, okay, we're here for we don't exactly know how long. Um, but, I, but, you know, my heart is like, okay, Lord, can we, can we just make a splash here? And maybe while we're splashing around, maybe you'll decide to just pick us up and move us at some point. I don't know. I'm asking. Um, just, just last night, I, I got a text from a, a friend who's from one of the, the, the countries that we're hoping to, to impact. And he said, Brian, I, I, know, I know a woman from majority religion who's from that, that country that you were hoping to go to. And she, she's right here in Haltom City. And she actually is really interested in following Jesus, but she's a, afraid of her mom who lives in that country over there. And so she's just waiting for her mom to die so that she can... Become a follower of Jesus. Do you think that God wants to save this woman and her mom? Absolutely. She shouldn't have to wait for her mother to die before she follows Jesus? That, 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 that cannot be God's will. No. I kind of believe God wants this family. This woman, she, and she's a widow too. So she's like waiting for her mom to die now. I, no, I don't think so. I think we need to pray that her and her mom and whoever else, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever, right? Father, I just, I pray right now. I pray for this woman and her family, Lord, and, and all of her relatives, God, neighbors, Lord, whoever she's attached to, God. Save this family, Lord. And there's so many like her throughout Dallas-Fort Worth, Lord. Unreached right in her own backyard, Lord. You brought them here because we, we can't get on a plane and leave this country, but we can, we can drive across the street or we can go across the street to the neighbor. What, whatever it is, Lord, we're asking you to do it here, Lord. Lord, we see like, like Isaiah, hear my sin me. Use us, whatever it is, Lord. If it's feeding a widow, let us feed a widow. If it's befriending someone, at the, the neighbor, our crossing guard friend, whoever it is, Lord, whatever it is, 
let us make a big splash here for your name, Jesus, so that there can be ripples, so that you can get the glory and the honor and the worship and the praise that you deserve. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Brian a hand for that inspiring word. I'm going to ask Brian and his whole family just to come stand down here in the front. Amy and all the kids. Now, when the door does open, Josiah and Aaron will be going along with Brian and Amy and Isaiah and Haley will be remaining behind, but why don't you guys step forward as a family? Let's all stand together and invite whatever, whatever elders are present in the service to come on up, and let's just gather around them. So make your way on up, guys. Kurt, why don't you come on up and just lead us in prayer? Let me invite you guys to extend your hands this direction as Kurt leads us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we submit all our plans to you. Lord, we are so thankful that you are the sovereign God of the universe. We look around at our, our world with, with plagues and civil unrest and violence and the love of people growing cold, and we wonder, what, what's up, what are you up to, Lord? And Lord, as, as Brian pointed out so well today in his, his message, that is times of persecution, times of that goes that are contrary to our plan, you're still at work. You don't wait for things to go as planned for to accomplish your purposes. You accomplish your purposes in the midst of trials, in the midst of chaos. So I thank you for Brian and Amy being willing to say, well, you've called us, and, and we believe we're supposed to go, but, well, not yet. And, and not just sitting on their hands and just waiting for the day, but saying, here, use us now. Use us right here and now, and, and the testimonies we hear here just encourage our hearts so much that they're willing to say yes. I ask that we, you would make us a people that are willing to say yes as well. Wherever we are, whatever the situation is, your purposes can't be thwarted. That you will accomplish bringing every tribe, tongue, and nation to yourself. We ask Come soon, Lord Jesus. Make it happen soon. Even as we're sober by those statistics that Don gave us this morning, bring the good news of Jesus to those unreached peoples. And, and just whether it's that little splash, whatever it takes, Lord, to get things started. So we just I just pray that you would anoint Brian and Amy and the family, Lord, for the what you've called them to do. I ask that they would take heart and know that you're with them that you haven't forgotten them, that you're still leading them and, and you've, your plan is, is on track, oh God. Thank you for them. Richly bless them during this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.